Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 20th episode of 2022. I should call this season two. We're in our 20th episode of season two of Fiber Broadband. Uh, Before I kick off, I want to thank our sponsors for Fiber for Breakfast, including our gold sponsors, CHR Solutions, Millennium, and Plume, and our silver sponsor, Graybar. This past Friday was an historic day for the Fiber Broadband Association and for our nation as NTI released three NOFOs, Notice of Funding Opportunities, from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, aka IIJA, that President Biden signed into law on November 15, 2021. We have been most focused on the $42.45 billion bead program which is the broadband infrastructure investment that our nation's future will be built upon. I am pleased to report that the NTI bead NOFA is a huge home run. Matter of fact, it is a grand slam for the fiber industry. And most importantly, it is a grand slam for all Americans and for generations to come. NTI has determined that priority broadband projects are those that use end-to-end fiber optic architecture. And they go on to say only NN fiber will easily scale to meet the evolving connectivity needs of households and businesses and support deployment of 5G successor wireless technology and other advanced services. They also say that NN fiber networks can be easily updated by replacing the um, electronics attached to each end of the fiber optic facilities, allowing for quick and relatively inexpensive network scaling as compared to other technologies. And moreover, new fiber deployments will facilitate deployment and growth of 5G and other advanced wireless services, which rely extensively on fiber for essential backhaul. I think Blair Levan, who led our national broadband plan, said it best when describing this infrastructure investment. He said, this is not a once in a decade thing. This isn't even a once in a lifetime thing. This is a once thing. Given that our nation only has one shot to get this right, we could not be more pleased that the administration, Department of Commerce, and NTI made this extremely strong statement that our nation's critical broadband infrastructure will be fiber. If you want to learn more about the NTI bead NOFA and what it means to you, the Fiber Broadband Association is going to be holding a special webinar today at 3 p.m. Eastern to break down the NOFA with our policy experts. So now moving on to Fiber Connect 2022, that is now less than four weeks away and will be in Nashville, June 12th to 15th. And you know, everybody keeps asking, how can it be any better than last year? It is gonna be absolutely amazing. You know, the Gaylord and the end of the Gaylord are sold out and we have a, a list of nearby hotels with availability. And um, we are already you know, way ahead of um, registration, content, everything than we had last year, this will be the biggest and best broadband event in the world this year. So you're not going to want to miss that, and we look forward to seeing you there. 
This brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session. We'll be focused on accelerating broadband in Illinois and the NTI NOFA. Last week at Fire for Breakfast, we spoke with my old pal, Matt Davis of Independent Research on his latest study on telecom transformation and the new normal, you know, how the pandemic had changed the way we live, work, and play. This morning, our guest is Matt Schmidt, the broadband director for Illinois, and we'll be discussing accelerating broadband in Illinois and the NTI NOFO. Matt Schmidt serves as the chair of the Illinois Broadband Advisory Council and director of the Illinois Office of Broadband within the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. In these roles, Matt oversees administration of the Connect Illinois Broadband Grant Program, as well as related programming in digital equity, uh, local planning, and regional engagement. Prior to his service in Illinois, Matt engaged public policy from various perspectives, wearing different hats as a former Minnesota state legislator, leading on such issues as infrastructure and economic competitiveness, as the University of Minnesota's researcher, published author, and graduate student or school um, instructor, and as an independent consultant. In office, MAD led the push for ubiquitous broadband access to the creation of Minnesota's Office of Broadband Deployment and related border-to-border -border broadband grant programs. So MAD is definitely no stranger to this topic. So welcome, Matt. And for our audience, please type in the questions as you go for a Q&A at the end of the session. With that, I'll hand it over to Matt. Well, thanks a lot, Gary. It's a, a pleasure to join you today. And there's so much that we could discuss today on the broadband front. I do have a few slides in front of uh, you and your audience here just to frame the work that's been underway in Illinois. Uh, just turning back the clock, really proud to say that Illinois was ahead of the curve. Uh, about this time in 2019, Governor Pritzker and the General Assembly invested $420 million into the Connect Illinois vision. And that vision was uh, simply to get broadband everywhere across the state, all homes, businesses, community anchor institutions, uh, through the establishment of an office of broadband and a, a similar matching grant program. So you tell the story of the Minnesota days, the decade below, uh, beforehand, uh, Illinois is replicating that effort with the office, with the matching grant program, uh, and integrated work. And so in the slide in front of you, uh, you'll see what the state has been up to in recent years. Uh, on the infrastructure and digital equity fronts. We break it into those two categories to keep things neat. Of course, the Connect Illinois Broadband Grant Program itself, uh, $400 million in total was uh, directed towards that grant program originally from the, uh, the Rebuild Illinois investment from 2019. An additional $20 million was uh, devoted to our Illinois Century Network, uh, which uh, received its funding from the, the BTOP uh, program during the ARA era a decade ago. Uh, over 2,100 miles of institutional fiber connecting uh, higher education and, and K-12 campuses around the state. So with our Connect Illinois Broadband Grant Program, we've seen two funding rounds uh, and uh, about $50 million in grants that are currently out uh, for deployment across the state. Each of our 10 economic development regions in the state has at least one active project underway. And the state in January of 2022 opened up its $350 million uh, round three NOFO. I'll say more about that in a minute. Going into our digital equity programming and collaboration, this is something that uh, often gets overlooked when you talk about broadband expansion, but this stuff is so critically important. It's the planning, the community engagement, the work uh, uh, towards a, a holistic approach to broadband that recognizes uh, adoption, affordability, use, in addition to the, the access question. 
And so two years ago, uh, in the spring of 2020, just as the pandemic was hitting us, uh, we launched the Illinois Connected Communities Program, a collaboration with uh, University of Illinois Extension, as well as the Benton Institute for Broadband and Society, based in Illinois, uh, and local philanthropy to engage communities, whether they're neighborhoods in Chicago or counties in rural Illinois, to think holistically about broadband, access, adoption, and use. And so we put communities today, uh, about 20 communities, through two rounds of this program. They work together at the local level to put together broadband strategic plans through a broadband steering committee, thinking about where they are, where they want to go, and charting a course for access, adoption, and or utilization. Knowing that we had all of the state and federal funding specifically for infrastructure access expansion earlier this year, in 2022, uh, the state launched its Accelerate Illinois Broadband Infrastructure Planning Program. It's a mouthful, but it's really important work. And basically it's a 14 week crash course working with local governments specifically on the question, how can you use your ARPA funding, so those local fiscal recovery fund dollars, or state or federal dollars to build out broadband networks, likely through local-based partnerships. And so we've got one cohort under our belt right now. The first six communities uh, have completed their work and are putting the, the finishing touches on their, their broadband plans. Uh, and we have a second cohort uh, kicking off this week uh, to do the same, thinking through how they're able to leverage historic investment in broadband infrastructure funding uh, to make their broadband visions a reality. So those are the two kind of local planning um, programs that we've stood up in Illinois. In addition to that, I'm really proud of the work with Broadband Ready. That stands for Regional Engagement for Digital, I'm sorry, for Adoption in Digital Equity, Broadband Ready. And the whole idea there is to engage each one of our 10 economic development regions and the higher education anchor institutions, the planning commissions, uh, the economic development commissions, higher ed, uh, K-12, healthcare, and libraries, among other stakeholders, and thinking about broadband adoption and digital equity. And so this program essentially is the forerunner for the state's uh, planning uh, in advance of Digital Equity Act funds that were included in the infrastructure bill, as well as how the state looks to integrate planning for use of bead funding with all that important digital equity work. And so we have 10 actively engaged regions right now, looking forward to, to looking at the, the details in the, the NOFO uh, from NCIA and making sure that that existing program, Broadband Ready, is ideally aligned with the federal funding opportunities. And then just quickly, we don't lose sight of the fact that another big gap in the digital equity front is the lack of home-based computers or computing equipment. American Community Survey tells us that over a million households lack access to computers or computing equipment. We wanna make sure we're doing something about that. So about a year and a half ago, the state stood up its computer equity network in collaboration with PCs for People and other key stakeholders, leveraging used computers, refurbishing them, and redistributing them on an equitable basis in every county of the state annually, just to make sure we're being mindful of that gap and shrinking it to the best of our ability. And then finally, like many states around the country, we wanna do everything that we can to stand up a digital navigator, digital literacy effort, and so we are poised to integrate uh, digital navigators, community-focused resourcing through our Broadband Ready program that's responsive to local needs, helps build skills, and connects the dots between resources that are available and also gaps that persist uh, among residents around the state. And so that's a quick summary of the programs that we've stood up. The next slide provides a little bit of a deeper dive on our round three NOFO. And I'll just mention what's available in that NOFO, $350 million largely leveraging our capital project fund allocation from, the, from ARPA, 
as well as a share of state fiscal recovery fund dollars and additional um, funds from the state um, bond proceeds uh, that were introduced in the, the Rebuild Illinois package back in 2019. So a mix of state and federal dollars. And the point here is we're ready to accelerate and take a step forward uh, in terms of the magnitude of the dollars that are out on the street that we're administering in grants in the state uh, and very uh, eager to, to use this round three funding uh, to, just, to take a step forward in anticipation of the hundreds of millions of dollars that will be coming to the state as part of the, uh, the infrastructure bill. And so our program is broken up into three categories, broadband access. It's really mindful of unserved and underserved locations around the state. In addition, broadband innovation. It takes seriously the charge of leveraging broadband investment for advances in telehealth or remote work, uh, distance learning, uh, as well as precision agriculture or economic development that's driven by broadband investment. And then we have a third category, urban broadband, that's focused specifically on the needs of our urban areas with populations of 75,000 or more, where, whether it's digital redlining or under, lack of investment or gaps in adoption and affordability have been persistent. So I should just say we have a, a, a application deadline that is rolling. We've learned a great deal from our two rounds of funding that preceded round three of the Connect Illinois program. We know what a great application looks like. And so moving forward with round three, we, we will be accepting applications and are accepting applications on a rolling basis. Uh, and we will be doing the merit review, our mapping review, otherwise called it as a challenge process, uh, on a rolling basis throughout at least the year ahead as we move those dollars. And right now I can tell you uh, updates on this front. Uh, we are in the midst of rulemaking for our Connect Illinois program. So we have paused the round three NOFO, won't be issuing grants for the next few months, but we are looking at uh, what communities and providers are proposing to us uh, and also um, very interested in doing everything we can to, to build off of the already impressive $556 million of grants that have been requested in round three alone. And so round three is already oversubscribed and will only be more so moving forward. A lot of interest in Illinois in broadband, and specifically the Connect Illinois Broadband Grant Program. Now the next slide shows a little bit of information regarding uh, our work with Broadband Ready. I'm not gonna get into this in detail because there's a lot of data here, a lot of things that we really could do a deep dive on. The whole point of this dashboard essentially is that the regional basis and the statewide basis through aggregated data provide a snapshot of where the state and where the regions of the state are on a number of different fronts when it comes to digital demographics, such as the homework gap or senior gap, another um, indicator called digital distress, uh, access and availability, uh, affordability and adoption, as well as utilization. We wanna track where we're at now, where we wanna go, and how we're making progress all along the way. We view a dashboard like this as being a really helpful tool in getting us there. And then across the bottom, you'll see uh, an opportunity for us to provide in-time updates on where we are on the infrastructure expansion front, where grant investment is going, number of connections we're getting, uh, as well as computer uh, equity network uh, activity. How many computers are we bringing in? How many are we refurbishing? How many are we getting out to households in need? And then finally, digital navigators. As that activity picks up, we wanna track what we're doing, where in the impact. And so this is an interactive dashboard. You click on any of the maps or the data, it'll take you to more information. This is essentially our forerunner uh, to an approach that we look to incorporate into the, the Digital Equity Act work uh, that will be funded through NTIA. And so finally, uh, the next slide brings us to a critical component of all of this work, 
and that's mapping and data and, and getting a good understanding of where broadband is, where it isn't, and doing everything that we can, uh, I think in the short term, uh, to make a strong case uh, to NCIA and, uh, and our federal funding partners on the number of unserved and underserved locations in the state, and also giving our applicants uh, and our communities and other stakeholders a good understanding of what we know to be true on the broadband access front. And so the Illinois Broadband Lab is our collaborative approach uh, to collecting data, to uh, sharing mapping, and to establishing a collaborative approach so that we're able to share as much information as we can uh, with the general public, with prospective applicants, with folks who wanna know more about what's happening on the broadband access, affordability, and digital equity and inclusion fronts. And so this is a collaboration formally uh, with uh, the uh, University of Illinois, the Illinois uh, Innovation Network, uh, as well as the, the Benton uh, Institute for Broadband and Society. Uh, we have a, a growing collaboration with the University of Chicago and their uh, internet equity initiative. And so a lot of great work going on here and I could go on and on. I'll leave it there, but we felt like uh, an investment in this collaboration, the Illinois Broadband Lab was, was worthy of the charge for better mapping, better understanding of the data and publishing research in our findings on, on multiple fronts. So those are the slides that I, uh, I brought to share with you. Of course, I would be happy to get into more detail on any of that, um, but I think the key point here is uh, the state of Illinois has been uh, active over the past couple of years and really looking forward to, uh, to gaining a deeper understanding of the NOFOs that were posted within the last week uh, and pivoting forward to the 2.0 version of all we're doing. Well, Matt, this is great stuff and uh... You know, it's great that you brought in a lot of experience coming into Illinois and really uh, literally have put Illinois on the map for broadband. Uh, so I have uh, some questions that have come in about the mapping. So obviously you guys have done some mapping. Uh, do you, what is your plan to work with the FCC? I mean, has there been any work? Or is this, um, do you upload these to NBAN at the NTIA or how does, what coordination are you doing with the agencies? Yeah. For for the last two years, we have a, uh, a relationship with a mapping vendor where we collect data uh, through NDAs with our providers. In most cases, we're able to get that FCC Form 477 data, uh, you know, months in, months in advance of when that data might be published on the latest FCC map. And so moving forward, um, we look forward to continuing that effort, getting as much accurate, granular, timely data as possible. Uh, from our broadband provider community. Uh, we, we take a kind of a triangulation approach when it comes to, to broadband data. We want that, that provider-derived data because it's absolutely critical that we're getting what we can from our provider community as quickly as we can and putting it to work. We also take seriously the idea of um, speed test data and what consumers are telling us based upon their experiences. And then finally, we've invested in field validation work to essentially triangulate this. Uh, get a deeper understanding of where broadband is and is not. Uh, the state does participate in NBAM, and we really appreciate the opportunity to look at those data layers uh, and get a, a deeper understanding of what's available to our federal funding partners. And I think as we move forward, yeah, the name of the game the next several months on the, the mapping front is, is really making the strongest case you can at the state level for your number of unserved and underserved locations. Uh, not taking anybody else's map is gospel truth, but rather doing the work at the local state level uh, to get a good understanding and pushing back where appropriate. And so we feel like we're in a good position to do that. 
Uh, and when I say push back, hey, it's a collaborative effort. We want to be communicating our understanding of the field uh, and make sure that uh, the state gets uh, its fair share of funds, again, in this historic moment. So on your mapping, do you plan to get mapping data down to the individual business or residents? Or are you at the census level? No, in, in most cases, it, it is collected at, at that granular level. We, we don't rely upon Form 477 data unless we absolutely need to because we haven't received uh, granular data from a provider. And so I think as, as, we, as we look to see what's released uh, from FCC and their next version of the mapping, we want to be in a position to push back at that address-specific level where we're seeing an undercounting of unserved or underserved locations. And so uh, it's going to be absolutely imperative for states to have that ability to get granular, and, 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 and we will have that ability. So Matt, we've got a pile of questions, but before we get there, I'd really love to hear your impressions, first impressions of the bead NOFO. Yeah, when you opened that up, what was the, your, your first thought? Yeah, so, you know, um, like a lot of folks around the country, been at this for a while, right? And uh, I can remember <laughs> lobbying several uh, congressional delegations about the need for federal block grants for states to, to, to build out their, their broadband grant programs. I'm a firm believer that the state level is where we're going to get this right. Uh, having that, that state expertise, that, those closer working relationships with our communities, with our local providers, is going to be absolutely critical. Uh, and so, first of all, I just want to thank our federal funding partners and all the folks who are working so hard at the federal level to get these NOFOs out. It's truly appreciated. Um, and they got I'm, them out early, right? Oh, pardon me? They got them out early, which is what government agency does that? Right, right. I mean, so I was surprised Friday. Look, I, I got some weekend reading here. I'll, I'll just tell you, my, my first impressions are that uh, even broadband offices that have been at this for a while are really going to be pushed to strike that balance between being a grant administrator and working with their local communities and their providers, like, like many states have been doing, uh, but then also being responsive to all the requirements and the reporting uh, and expectations that uh, that that NCIA and the BEAD program put upon those offices. And so the offices will find themselves in this position of, of, of looking both up and down, if you will, uh, and making sure they get it right in both directions. And so um, my initial impression is no state broadband office around the country should be sitting back and saying, we got this. Um, because I think it's a wake up call that, you know, if you haven't staffed up, you really need to. Uh, and if you can't staff up, you really have to look at creative solutions for getting the capacity and the expertise in and around your office to get this right. Um, we've been asking for this moment for a decade plus. Uh, we got what we asked for and then some. And so I think it's critically important for us all uh, to be to be putting the pieces in place to take advantage of this and uh, in, into get it right at the local stakeholder level within our respective states, but also make sure we're being responsive to the NOFOs federally. That's just as important. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's go time. I mean, what it got me really excited is not only, you know, that they said everything's gonna be fiber, but there is a lot of, you know, so my good buddy, Chad Roop, uh, the Montana broadband office, you know, they, they, they made some errors over time, like, they defined um, the program at 25.5 um, for a fast program, which was great because it's a little better than 25.3. But now that means if you got 25.5, you're you're now not unserved. You're actually you fit into the underserved category. And then you know they had also redlined all the uh, Leo satellite RDOF locations, saying so 
what was great about the NOFO is it basically um, took that off the table, right? It said satellites, not infrastructure, mobile wireless, not infrastructure. And so um, I wish they had said that about DSL. So DSL is still a little bit problematic because, um, I mean, even though it's dead, you're, you're going to end up with some people that might have the fits in the, you know, as served, which are stuck with DSL. But Right. I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I guess, talking to a, a sympathetic audience here, right? I mean, it, it's clear to me that I think that, that our federal funding partners would like to see us push out fiber as far as we can. I think it's just as important for us to recognize that, you know, it's going to take all hands on deck and that, you know, for a state to meet its goals, its goals at the state level, you really want to create environments that your different technology providers, you know, feel invited to the game. And so we, we want to just, again, encourage investment of all kinds, but I think that the federally funded investment that will flow through our formal programs, absolutely, we have to be responsive to this, uh, this no phone. We, we look forward to pu pushing out, you know, cutting edge 21st century technology as far as we possibly can. So one of the questions came in, it says, so is Illinois not accepting any more grant applications or considering grant awards assigned, which I don't think that's what you said, right? You said you are accepting. So, yeah, right now, if there's an application or if there's a, uh, a provider or a community that would like to, to use this time to get some feedback on an application or a potential application, we want to stress that, you know, we have not, you know, hit pause with the program. We are not making any grant awards until our rulemaking is finalized. And, uh, and, and, and that's fine because we've got our work cut out for us with $556 million of grants requested as of last week. But I, I want to send a strong signal to those applicants that are out there who have not submitted an application or that are working on one. Please keep your work going, submit your application, engage with our office. We want to hear from you. We want to use this time productively. I think that the point that just needs to be um, emphasized, though, is the rulemaking process could change certain aspects uh, of our grant program, whether it's eligibility on the front end or scoring criteria. Uh, on the back end, once a, a grant application is submitted, I personally don't think that's going to affect um, many or any of our applications that we actually receive. But it might affect the, the processes that the Office of Broadband follows. Uh, and so, I look at it as a great opportunity for us to uh, to share our what I consider to be you know best practice work in, in grants administration and programming. Uh, and to, to, to put it into administrative rule and to send a clear signal that the state of Illinois is poised to move forward uh, in partnership with uh, Treasury in the case of our capital project fund dollars and also NTIA with the BEAD program. And so um, I think the state of Illinois is in a really good position given the amount of interest that we're hearing right now from providers and communities and other applicants. Folks know, again, it's go time. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna see folks using this time productively. You know, the other thing that um, I thought was quite innovative is your Accelerate Illinois Broadband Infrastructure Planning Program. Is anybody else doing yeah. that? That is um, amazing. Oh, I got to tell you, I mean, there are states doing incredible things, you know, uh, north, south, east, west. And so I just, I want to just hats off to so many offices of broadband that have been doing great work. It, it's great to see, you know, different states excelling in different things. And I think over the last, you know, decade or so since, you know, the Minnesota Office of Broadband opened its doors, um, we've just seen incredible advances uh, at, at the state level. And so I just 
I couldn't name them all right now, but there are a lot of states doing really great work. But I do think the, the Accelerate Illinois program, which hats off to Heartland Forward, uh, a think and do tank based out of Bentonville, Arkansas, working with a number of states in the Midwest, uh, in the Heartland uh, region, they, they partnered with us, invested in this program to, to bring the expert uh, consultation and facilitation to the table. And, and because of the collaboration that we've forged with, with Heartland Forward, Benton Institute, uh, University of Illinois, Extension Services, we've been able to, to engage a cohort of, of 12 communities, but actually because there's counties or regions involved, big swaps of the state of Illinois, they're thinking specifically about how to use those ARPA dollars that are available to them or to, to take a leadership role in going after you know state uh, capital project fund or, or beat dollars and so yeah I'm, I'm really proud of the work and uh it's it's been a team effort and i think this is absolutely something that you know in in our own respective ways states should be doing because the community role the community voice is going to help us get this right and so how you empower that how you bring folks to the table really important well matt illinois is in great hands um, thank you to you and your staff. I mean, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing for Illinois and for our nation. I know that's you got a huge job and it just got $42.45 billion bigger. Um, so thank you guys. And thanks everyone for joining us today. And I hope that you guys will get back together with us next Wednesday where we're going to be discussing the good, the bad, and the ugly. What we've learned from 30 plus network evaluations. And my old friends, Jack Burton and Dave Strauss from Broadband Success Partners. So you're not going to want to miss that. So thanks again. Join our webinar this afternoon. And Matt, keep on trucking. This is awesome.